This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, live in studio on this Thursday, December 30th, 2021. Damon Cotton and your boy Q, and this is the final show that we'll have for Unnecessary Roughness here this year for 2021. Next time you hear us on the airways, it'll be 2022 as everyone's taking off tomorrow, preparing for the new year, so there'll be no morning tailgate, no JT the Brick, no Unnecessary Roughness, and no Inside the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. That's not going to happen tomorrow, so uh, everyone's going to be taking the day off, and hopefully everyone out there uh, is prepared for the new new year and uh, do whatever you have to do. Prepare yourselves, and uh, we all want to wish you a happy new year, and, and like I said, be safe out there in those streets, no matter where you are. So uh, that's what we're going to do, and that's kind of just a little quick programming note that we are off tomorrow, and that's the whole station. Actually, it's the whole building. <laughs> so <laughs> paid day off. Got to love them. Yeah. I don't even know what those mean, but okay. <laughs> Whatever the case may be. I will say this before we get into the, the, the teeth of the show today. And we do have a, a, a good show lined up for you as we uh, close this thing out strong. Speaking of strong, my man, Damon, he's got this big coat on trying to stay warm because it's, you know, it's cold outside. So he's getting prepared to go on the air. He's got his headphones on his head. I mean, he's ready to rock and roll. He's got his run run sheet, everything. He's he's preparing the board. I mean, he's setting up. This dude takes off his jacket, and he's got a sleeveless hoodie. And you know DeMond, he don't never wear no shirt that is actually like his size. He always wears the small ones. But this dude is all of a sudden like, he brought the guns out today. So I was like, whoa, hold on, dog. Hold on. I don't know what I did, but you trying to intimidate me into 2022? What's going on here? I know y'all can't see me, but I've been, every time since he's brought it up, I've been flexing. He you has know, been. Just here, you know, let Q's, you know, drink it all in. You know, <laughs> the guns are out. No, they are. They I don't are. Care if the sun's not out. The guns are definitely out. There's no sun, but Demond is. Uh, he's looking like he just came from. Uh, I don't know, like uh, some kind of Venice Beach. Uh, some opportunity that you had to go out there and and get your weightlifting on or something. Man, you. What, I just got to ask. When it's as cold as it is outside, how do you have a sleeveless shirt on? That's why the coat's so big. I mean, you got the big coat. You know, it's all good. That makes no sense. That's like me wearing a big old coat and then putting some shorts on. Well, that yeah, that makes no sense because it's your legs. You have no so sleeves. So my arms, my arms are protected with the coat. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't cold in here. What if you put on, I don't know, a shirt that has sleeves? Wouldn't you be a little bit warmer? I don't even think the sleeves make that much of a difference. <laughs> it's got a hood, you know, so I could protect the the head if it okay. was a little cold. All right, all right, all right. I've seen Derek Carr with this look before during training camp, but that was during the summer. I ain't seen that look lately, but okay. All right. Hey, but he is, I'm telling you, I should have never said anything because he's been flexing the whole time. The whole time. It's you been about what? a good five, six minutes you've been flexing. We haven't, we've only been on the air for three. So anyway. But you, been, you were flexing before the show started. Let's not make nothing up. You were flexing before we even cracked the mics. At the airport, they've been saying it to me now, you know, like they check your bags at the airport. Right. And it's like. Hey, man, no guns allowed. I like, talk about the arms. I ain't going to lie. It's like, thank you. Thank you. And everyone thinks that I talk about myself. This dude's talking about the airport. They said no guns allowed. Oh, man. 
Well, that was a good funny to get us into the day. I like that one. <laughs> yeah, so funny. You ought to be a comedian, man. That was some good stuff. But uh, welcome to the show today as we get ready to close this thing out strong. Coming up at 2.30, we'll get our Colts preview. As it's, I feel like this is a hard game to preview. And why I mean that is because there's so much COVID-19 issues going on. You just don't know who's playing. So I feel like that's really a tough game to, to gauge and figure out exactly uh, you know, who's going to be out there, who's going to be active, who's going to be, you know, the offensive line, especially for the cold side of things, who's going to be on defense for the Raiders. I mean, there's so many questions that I have just because there's COVID-19 issues. And, and, and as I say that, the Raiders tweeted out, we've activated wide receiver Brian Edwards from the reserve COVID-19 list. Remember, he, uh, he, he was a scratch on Sunday morning. Sunday, they put out that tweet before the, the Bronco game saying that he's uh, he was out for the game because of COVID-19. So, Brian Edwards is back. No no signs of uh, Marcus Mariota as of yet. But then, we have placed defensive end Carl Nassib and guard Jordan Simmons on the reserve COVID-19 list. So, one guy comes off, two guys go on. So, there you go. And then, additionally, we have signed offensive lineman Nico Fala and offensive lineman Brett Heggie to the practice squad. So, those are the roster moves that the Raiders have made. But Brian Edwards, he returns. Carl Nassib, Jordan Simmons go on the list. So, again, man, it's like a, it's like a, just a cycle. It's like a never-ending cycle. You already said it's so hard to preview the game. You're right. Even Gus Bradley today, we've had to watch both quarterbacks is what he said. Right. Because you just don't know it. You don't know who's going to be playing on Sunday. You have no idea. It could be Carson Wentz. It very well could be. And what I've seen, every report I've seen, he is at, he's available as long as he has no symptoms, he could be activated Sunday morning. That's what I'm hearing. But I thought I saw something that said that if you were going to activate a guy on Sunday, you have to actually activate him on Saturday. So I really, I'm telling you, when I say that I don't know exactly what the hell's going on, this is one time I really don't know what the hell's going on. It's one of those wait and see type things. I feel like even the teams really don't, like even Riz Basaccia, he's like, oh, I don't know if it's one test anymore or two right. tests. I don't think anybody knows. It's just like, can he play or can he? Right. I feel like people are just reaching into a, a, a like a can, grabbing a handful of whatever and throwing it against the wall. Whatever sticks is good. All right. Nassib's out today. All right. Simmons is out today. Oh, Edwards is back. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. And then the teams, like, I know every like they're, they're on Zoom just leading up just in case if they can play on Sunday. But how does that affect a week of practice if all you're doing is just Zooming? Right. Right. I mean, it's it's. Uh, the one thing I'll say that I think is positive is that it's week 17, and at, usually at this point of the season anyway, there's a lot of walkthroughs. It's not really a lot of physical practices going on, so I think that that's the good thing where you don't have to really worry about guys missing reps because you're not going to get a whole lot of reps at this point of the season. Guys are trying to stay healthy, but, man, it is confusing. I mean, it really is confusing on what is what, what has to happen and what doesn't have to happen. So uh, to get a preview as best we can, we're going to talk some Colts coming up at 2.30. J.J. Stankovitz from Colts.com. He'll join the show. Uh, he's been around the NFL for a very long time. Uh, he's covered the Bears like a glove, covers the Colts for Colts.com. Like I said, does a fantastic job, uh, has some podcasts. Yeah, I know he did a podcast preview in this game with the Raiders uh, earlier in the week. So uh, he does a great job. So we'll talk to J.J. coming up at 2.30 and see if he has a better idea of who might be out there. I know the Colts did activate some folks off their COVID-19 reserve list earlier this morning. So they're getting some guys back. I'm honestly, this is what I really want to see. I want to see both teams out there as healthy as possible. I really do. I want to see as many of the really good players that you want to see. I really want to see as close to a full throttle game with with full active rosters and not a bunch of replacement guys. I really don't. And I don't care about competitive advantage. I just want to see a good game.
because it hurts the NFL product so late in the season. Like you said, week 17, right. playoff game. Like That both- game on Monday night between Miami and New Orleans, that stunk. That stunk. Ian Book didn't do it for you? Man, I'm trying <laughs> to tell you. a fourth. I mean, you're talking about a four-string quarterback. And I like Sam Ellinger. You know, I do. I, I covered him when I was at Baylor. Or, you know, I was covering Baylor, and, and he was there at Texas. I know he's a really good quarterback. He has not had one start yet in the NFL. Three rushes, I think. Three rushes is all he's done. He hasn't even thrown the rock yet. Not one time. And, I, I mean, look, we had Mike Harbaugh-Hards on earlier this week trying to get a preview of what to expect. And everything I'm hearing from Indianapolis is, oh, man, Sam, Sam Ellinger, they got a lot of confidence in him. Do you they? have to say that. Do they? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, do they have a lot of confidence in him? He has not thrown one pass in the league yet. And then, like, for I know it's like, oh, since next man up, people would love this opportunity. Right. But imagine your first start as a quarterback. Hey, man, season's on the line. If you lose this, we might not make playoffs. Right. Go out there and get him, Tiger. Hey, no, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no pressure, dog. Just go get it done. So I, I hope to see as many of the players out there as possible. I'm hoping that as many that can come back from this COVID-19 situation, this reserve list that they're on, can come back. I really do. And, and that's just being straight up about the situation. So at 2.30, we'll get that uh, Colts preview from J.J. Stankovitz. At 3 o'clock, Deontay Lee from Pro Football Focus. He's been on before. He does a fantastic job. But we're going to do a little bit of a – we're going to take a little bit of a right turn. What we're going to do is talk a little bit of college football playoffs. Alabama. Cincinnati, Michigan, Georgia. I mean, this is the first time in a while that it's been Cincinnati and Michigan. You know, I mean, those two teams have never been into the college football playoffs. Alabama, they're the usual suspects. Georgia, they're becoming more consistent. But there you go. Final four. We're going to see the game tomorrow. We're going to see the games tomorrow. I'm excited about that. When we're not going to be working, we'll be seeing those games. I'm so glad that they have this set up with the New Year's Eve day, like day mm-hmm. tradition that they're trying to make. Yep. And it's great because I love, like, we got the day off. College football, they tried so hard to keep Cincinnati out. They made it in. So they I did hope, make I it hope in. they don't fall on their face. They did make it in. What, what, what's your gut feeling tell you what's going to happen, Alabama and Cincinnati? Because I'll tell you this. Last time we had Deontay on was when Alabama was about to play Georgia in the SEC championship, and I said Alabama was going to get whooped. And I like Alabama. I root for Alabama, but I thought that Georgia defense was going to shut them out. And Nick Saban said, ha, ha, okay, Q, sounds good, dog. <laughs> we'll show you. And they went out there and they gave Georgia the business. And this week, even the players from Alabama are saying, oh, we're the underdog. You know, we're the underdog. And, you know, they, they got to say that to try Number to one act. team in the country. Right. But the thing is, they find ways to keep getting themselves fired up and motivated. Like, I get it. For people that like me that were saying that Georgia was going to beat the brakes off Alabama, that was a good motivation for them for that game. And they went out there and they handled their business. Where is that push? Where is that fire? What button does Nick Saban push to get them fired up and primed for Cincinnati? Because on paper, you're going to go beat Cincinnati. Cincinnati can't, can't run with you. You know, that's what everyone's saying, right? I ain't going to say that this week. Because last <laughs> time I said, and I was pretty sure about it. Matter of fact, even that morning of the SEC championship, I was in the barbershop and they said, Q, who's uh Who's going to win? I was like, Georgia? Duh. <laughs> you know, and they said, man, you said that with confidence. I said, well, have you seen Georgia? Like, I was, I was, man, I was, I was locked in. There was no doubt about it. You know me. I told you. There's no way that Alabama's going to win this game. And then Alabama went out there and handled their business. My bad. And I think they're going to do it to, again to Cincinnati. I love that the we got to take the underdog approach. Nobody right. believed in us. Right. Alabama, ooh, nobody believed in us. If that's what you got to do to get fired up, do it. Nick Saban, is a, uh, he's a genius, man. He knows what he's doing. He gets, he gets those guys focused and locked in on what they got to do. I think that they're going to win the game, but I can't wait to see it. I cannot wait to see Alabama, Cincinnati. And on the other side, the flip side, I may be more interested in Michigan and Georgia. 
I know a lot of Raider fans are interested in Michigan and Georgia for multiple reasons. <laughs> I know there's a lot of Raider fans that have Jim Harbaugh's name on their uh, on their wish list. I'll just throw that out there like that. I'm not trying to start no rumors. I just know from what I've heard from a lot of Raider fans is, hey, Jim Harbaugh has got the he's got it over the top. He already beat Ohio State, got him in the college football playoff. What does he need to do in college? Come on back to the NFL. I mean, I, that's just what I've heard from fans. I feel like you can talk yourself into, even if they win or lose the championship, they're like, hey, man, if they lose, you gave it your best shot. Now come on back to the NFL. If they win, you've accomplished all you need to do in college. <laughs> come on back to the NFL. Right, right. Well, I'm excited to see that that matchup right there, uh, the Orange Bowl, Michigan and, uh, and Georgia, to see how that one shakes out. And who's going to be playing for the national championship? I love the national championship. I love the college football playoff. I have no problem with it being four teams. Some people do. I don't. Uh, so I, I want to see these games. I want to see who shakes, who's going to win, how it all shakes out, and uh, and then we'll obviously see the national championship. So Deontay Lee will talk to us about that, but he also is from Pro Football Focus and covers the NFL like a glove as well. So we'll probably sprinkle in some NFL questions, but we'll be very college football heavy with Deontay at three o'clock. Then at three thirty, we'll have the birthday girl on Cassie Soto, and we've learned a lot about Cassie in the last few weeks. Hater of the year. <laughs> Demond calls her the hater of the year. But I think she's kind of a bully. <laughs> I think she's kind of a tough, uh, not not a tough guy, but she has tough guy tendencies, you know. And then today's her birthday. So she's going to have, and I, I, she's been kind of having a good celebration on Twitter today. If you follow her on Twitter, you know it's her birthday. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's no mistaking that it's Cassie's birthday if you follow her on Twitter. And that's okay. Soak it in. It's your birthday. I want to know, and this is what I, I, I'm going to ask her, one of my first questions to ask her is, does she celebrate it today or does she wait until New Year's Eve and then celebrates it with everyone else? And I guarantee she's celebrating it today because she wants her own day. Yeah, because she's so selfish, of course, and she's a bully. <laughs> no, she's got bully tendencies. Someone right now is like, oh, man, Cassie's mean? No, nah, not like that. You know what I mean? Like We're, putting, we're, we're making her sound bad. But, you know, the way that she was dogging Demond, and then, and then to pull the curtain back, when we were at the, uh, the game on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium, she walked up to DeMond while he was sitting around with some more of the media relations folks from, uh, from the Raiders, some of the fine media relations folks. And she said, I'm sorry that I broke up with you on the air. <laughs> just gave him the dagger. Hit him with the dagger. He was sitting down. She walked up to him just real nice and polite. Sorry I broke up with you. And I was on court too, man. I was, he talking, was. I was talking to this person and that person. And then it's like, here come Cassie over here, you know. Being a hater, you know, <laughs> doing her thing. No, nah, that was that's. Hey, it's always great to catch up with Cassie. Uh, Got to find out how her mom took that uh, that loss to the the Broncos. You know, they had a bet. They had a bet for every touchdown the Raiders score, she had to take a shot. So as soon as the Raiders scored their first touchdown, I sent a text to Cassie. I was like, "Well, there's one shot for your mom." She said, like, "Yep, <laughs> there she goes." So we'll have to get the details on that as well. So Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review Journal, she joins us each and every week. She'll join us at uh, 3:30 today, and that'll be the last guest that we have on the show. Of course, Raider Nation will hear from you throughout the course of the show at 702-365-9200 in the Salmon Ash text line 69187 keyword R and R. Got a couple different uh, questions that I want to throw out there to you. One Raider related, and one that's not and the one that's Raider related what must happen must what must happen for the Raiders to come away with the victory on Sunday in Indianapolis I was gonna say who needs to step up but I'll tell you right now on Thursday I don't even know who's playing so I don't even really I mean you know what I mean it's just it's it's hard to say okay well Josh Jacobs has to step up or Brian Edwards has to step up you know what I mean you just don't know because there's just it's so as we've seen Sunday morning. Right. That's what I'm saying. Gone. And it's been two Sundays in a row for the Raiders that they've lost somebody because of COVID-19. So I'm not, again, trying to put 
not trying to put any jinx on anyone, not trying to, you know, put dirt on their name, but we just know that that's a fluid situation. So as far as the Raiders go, what has to happen in your opinion for them to come away with the victory on Sunday and improve to eight, no, excuse me, to nine, <laughs> nine and seven on the season with a chance to get that 10th win at Allegiant Stadium against the Chargers and work their way right into the playoffs. It's got to happen this week first, though, before they can have that, uh, that automatic slide in. They've got to win this game against the Indianapolis Colts. So that's one of the questions. And then the second question really kind of plays off a question that was asked to me the other day and really kind of put me on the spot. And I didn't, I didn't really have a good answer for it. It's very rare that I don't have a good answer, but I didn't. I was on ESPN National Radio with Jason Fitz the other day, and one of the producers asked a question about if I could change any rule. Yeah, it was if you're the sports czar, like yeah, you're, yeah. The, you're the sports czar for right. sports worldwide. Right. You control all the sports. Any question, anything yeah. you can change in all of sports. And Q said, what'd you say, Q? All the sports, you can change anything. Yeah, you want. I didn't know what to say. I mean, it was, I was so, I was kind of stuck. You know, I, I didn't have any idea of what I wanted to say. So I said, uh, I said the pass interference penalty. And I said that uh, it's only a 15 yard penalty instead of uh, a spot foul, which, I mean, I don't like that spot foul anyway. I really don't. But I, I think I probably could have came up with a couple better ones than that one. I was in my car, like you said that, like all, like even, <laughs> like boom, boom, boom. You can, like you can have any wish in the world. That wasn't any wish; it was any sports <laughs> I, wish. I know, but I'm just saying, like it, that's like the the concept, right? Well, I guess uh, I, I take an extra bowl of cereal or something. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Anything in the world? You sure? I You'd mean, be terrible if you had a genie. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, because if you have a genie, you have some time to think about it. I, I was, I didn't have that much time. I was on a shot clock. And it wasn't a twenty-four. It wasn't a twenty-four second shot clock. It was more like a ten second shot clock. Listening, like yo, my man killing it. Uh huh. Yo, been, been listening all all night. Good show. Mm, underwhelming. Pitch's <laughs> answer wasn't any better. No, it wasn't. So I didn't feel bad because his answer was not any better. I don't even remember what he said. He said the overtime's rule. Would, oh, it would that's be, right. It would be back to the old overtime rule in the NFL. I just play some defense. He doesn't care if they right. kick the field goal and win the game. Yeah, and that's that's pretty lame. That's probably <laughs> as bad as mine, if not worse. So the second question I want to throw out there to you is if you could change or modify one NFL rule, it's got to be an NFL rule and you can either change it or modify it. What would it be? And what I should have said the other night, and I thought about it afterwards because it was something that really, it bothered me because I didn't have a good answer for it was, and this is just me. I would take away instant replay completely. I would, I would just take it away. They don't call it right anyway, even with the instant replay. So get rid of it. I rather just had the the anniversary of the immaculate reception, right? I rather have something that was a a, a judgment call, and you feel like it's wrong, and you got to live with it the rest of your life and say, well, that that official made a bad call. Then the official make a bad call, go to the replay, and still make a bad call. They don't get it right anyway, and they take forever a lot of times. I would go the exact opposite. I want everything reviewable. That's too long. That's that's just you want to talk. Well, about, I want them. To, you want to well, talk about be quicker? No, 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 no. <laughs> That's slow. I'm good. So you would rather just have mistakes? You want teams they're to gonna be make? They're making them anyway. You want teams to, out, to lose out here? They because are making the mistakes. We could easily fix it. Dog, how many could they easily fix that they get wrong anyway? They also need to bring back that offensive pass interference. They have it, but it's you know, I don't know. I mean, make it reviewable. Oh no, that's that. No, no, no. Make it reviewable. You're an offensive guy. Clearly, you're clearly they call they call pi too much anyway. They call P.I. way too much. Let's be honest about the situation. I know it benefited the Raiders in Dallas. I get that. They call pass interference way too much. A defender can't even sneeze on the wide receiver without getting a pass interference call. There's too many flags. But 
Again, make everything reviewable. No, that's that's you're doing way too much. I say no. I say just get rid of uh, instant replay altogether, which you can't now because you have the technology, so you can't. You know what did the guy? What did the producer say? He'd like to make all the replay like tennis. Yeah, where well, they put like a microchip in the ball. The ball yes. no, get out of here. <laughs> that was lame. Everybody's answer was just underwhelming. Yeah, every. <laughs> And he came up with the question, so yeah, exactly, exactly. He should have had the very best answer. At least I was on the spot. At least I was on the spot. So that's why my answer was terrible. It was too. You know, it's terrible because I thought about it. Like it took me even after the show. After the show was over, I did three hours. I hung up. I did my celebration. I was fired up. There was booming going on all over the house, and then still. 30 minutes later, I was like, but that was a terrible answer that I had. That's all that I could think of. Out of the whole three-hour show, I thought of that one answer that I gave that was bad. And you admitted that you don't like Christmas. I mean, you were really... I'm not a Christmas fan. It costs too much money. I I just told the wife, matter of fact, yesterday, we paid bills. I told you that, right? I was like, whoa, oh, we just paid bills. I told her, I was like, man, I'm glad we ain't got to do this for another year. (laughs) I just told her that. I just told her that. It costs too much money, man. I mean, you you buy stuff. You're gonna spend money all year long anyway. All of a sudden, at the end of the year, you gotta spend extra money. You know how hard it is to make it. I don't care how cheap I sound. That's fine. <laughs> I don't care. I had to pay for my son to fly to his mama's house for Christmas. Think about that. He didn't fly home from school to his daddy's house. <laughs> he he hit me up so I he could fly home to his mama's house. And I got lucky that he went to the game on Sunday and I got to see him for a quick minute. From halftime to about, I don't know, a couple minutes into the third quarter. That's what that's what my that's what my travel money got me. <laughs> a quick a quick picture with my son. <laughs> Thanks. All right. So Christmas. Tell, tell us how you really feel, you. <laughs> when you wanna we get a couch in here? <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Holiday costs too damn much money. I'd be glad to get man. I'm so glad New Year's is here. Got a whole twelve months to stack up and try to and try to save it. I'm telling you, I'm t- man. Believe me, my wife works at the bank. She feels the same exact way. She ain't trying to spend no money neither. You know her. I mean, but you I know her. You you save all this money, but what do you want to spend it on then? Who cares? I don't want to waste it. I don't want to just dish it out because I got I got a Scarface house I need to buy. Mm-hmm. It could be a new car I want to buy. And a haircut you got to get every week. Got to get a haircut every week, which I'll be at the barbershop tomorrow. By the Do way, you calculate how much you're wasting on that. That's, that's not waste. It's part of it's part of the job. Got to got to look good. You look good, feel good. You got to play good, right? So if you go a week without a haircut, what's gonna happen? It's gonna be bad business. It's gonna be bad business. Shout out to Mickey. Mickey will probably be at the barbershop too. Just saying, every week, try to go. If I don't go, well, that's a bad day. But if you're going to go be in person and you're going to go, you know, be out there in the public's eye, you got to look good. Hell, we had Brian Salmon on yesterday. He's the best looking dude in town. He's best dressed. He ain't got no hair, but I mean, he's got the, he's the best dressed. Even Juwan Howard gave him a compliment on See, the See, that's what I'm saying. And Brian told me, he said, hey, man, I'm going to be in the public's eye, so I got to be a part of the public's eye. You know what I mean? I'm not mad at him. Got to look good, feel good, play good. I mean, we don't all bring guns to the party. Some of us just bring our good looks. <laughs> got those too. Are clean a lineup. I got that too. Yeah, yeah. You, you got it on a Wednesday, though. That was your fatal mistake. By Friday or Saturday, when you really get a chance to go out there and chill. Let me ask you something, Q. Do you have to book your barber through an app? Uh, I can. I don't. 
Well, he's exclusively through the app, and sometimes. Well, I'll if you got it like that, you could just walk in. He'll be like, "I got you next." That's what my barber does. No matter what time I walk in, I got you next. Just saying. My barber ain't got empty chairs like that. I mean, you know. He doesn't have empty chairs. So he bumping people for you? Come on, man. Oh no, those are fighting words. No, I I had an appointment. They just didn't know. Hey, you're next. Oh, don't worry. There ain't no way I'm getting bumped for nobody. Hey, man. If you don't know, you don't know. No, I know because I'm here at the time my point my appointment was set. <laughs> I'm I'm running one behind. It's all good. It that happens all the time. That ain't my problem. Hey, well, <laughs> well, I don't know what kind of barbershop you at, but we keep it real. And, and I'm like, keeping it real with you that he's going to have to wait. <laughs> I'm done. I am done. Shout out to my barber. <laughs> I ain't going to say his name because people are going to be like, wait a minute, hold on. Is, is Q, Q getting in there before me? You know what I mean? Like, I ain't going to put it on my... Next time somebody see you come yeah, to the shop, be like, hmm. They're going to look at me sideways. He's going to be like, Q, I got you in two. Because <laughs> you didn't put our secrets out on the air. Thanks, Damon. You just set me up. Now I'm going to be sitting there a little bit longer tomorrow trying to get my hair cut. Hey, man, people don't like line cutters, man. This is like... It's not cutting line, man. You treat your barber right, they'll treat you right. There's certain people in life that you have to have a great relationship with. Your barber and your tattoo artist. Everyone else can wait. Those are the two that you've got to make sure you're always on point with. Because they're the ones that can affect you the most. Your barber will make sure you look good. and Your tattoo artist will make sure your tattoos are on point. Just saying. All right. Coming up next. We do want to hear from you on the Sam and Ash text line, though. 69187, keyword R&R. If you could change or modify one NFL rule, what would it be? And then for the Raiders to come away with the victory on Sunday, what has to happen? Let us know about it. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. That's the Sam and Ash text line. Coming up next, J.J. Stankovitz from Colts.com. He'll join us to give us a Colts preview. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 229 is the time. Here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Demond Cotton and your boy Q. And right now, we're going to get a preview of the next team up on the schedule for the Silver and Black, and that's the Indianapolis Colts. And it's an away game. And right now, on the phone lines, we have our guy, J.J. Stankovitz from Colts.com. On Twitter, at J.J. Stankovitz. And J.J., thank you. So much for your time this afternoon, my man. I appreciate you. I was just saying leading into this that this week is very difficult to even really give a really good preview because you just don't know who's playing. So as far as the Colts are concerned, I mean, who do you think is in? Who do you feel is in? And who do you think is kind of maybe on the fence? All right. Well, so let's, let's start with the guys who are on the injury report. Um, Eric Fisher, starting left tackle, a guy you guys know pretty well from his days in Kansas City. He is day-to-day right now with an injury he suffered in uh, Week 16 against the Arizona Cardinals. Jack Doyle, Colts' longtime tight end, he is uh, also day-to-day with an ankle and knee injury he suffered against the Cardinals. Those two guys are probably the, the two biggest names to keep an eye on this week just in terms of their status. They're both very important to the Colts' run game. Um, and what they're, what they're able to do, especially Jack Doyle, really in the run game, has been huge for Jonathan Taylor to lead the league in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns in every rushing category there is. Um, sta- uh, safety Anderson Dejo, he's working through a concussion right now. Uh, if he is healthy, he would probably start at safety. Okay. Uh, but we don't know if he's going to be there. That Now let's get to the COVID guys. <laughs> right, right. Um, which I'm sure is where a lot of the questions are coming from. So the Colts today activated linebacker Darius Leonard, wide receiver Zach Pascal, and safety Curry Willis off the COVID list. All three of those guys were placed on the COVID list right before the Colts played the Cardinals on Saturday. 
So they came off five days later. Additionally, yesterday the Colts activated Quentin Nelson, Mark Lewinsky, Kamoko Ture, and Rock Yassine off the COVID list. Those guys also came off five days after they were placed on it last week. So if those trends continue and the Colts are able to get a bunch of these guys back uh, five days after they go on the list, that would mean that right tackle Braden Smith could still be activated for Sunday's game and quarterback Carson Wentz could be activated for Sunday's game. If he is activated, he would come off the reserve, the COVID reserve list, list on Sunday, okay. and then he would start for the Colts. And there's no concern, and I, I'm sure there wouldn't be because it's you know week 17 of the season, but no concern because he's going to miss or any of these guys are really going to miss basically the whole week of practice and then just get activated on Sunday and have to go out there and, and compete? Yeah, no concern about that. You know, the Colts went through a similar situation with Carson Wentz back in week three when he was dealing with two sprained ankles he suffered against the Los Angeles Rams. Carson didn't practice that week. I think he might have been limited on Friday, but it was, it was very brief. And then he went out and started on Sunday. The Colts didn't know if they were going to have Carson until about two hours before kickoff in that game. The difference now, though, is like you mentioned, we're, we're in week 17. Carson has a lot more experience running this offense. He, he knows his receivers. He knows his offensive line a lot better. And there's really no concern about Carson Wentz potentially having no practice time and then going out and starting against the Raiders. Yeah, no, I, I would think that at this time of the season that that would probably be the easier part is trying to transition from not really practicing, not doing anything, to going out there and playing the game just because there's been so many reps under their belts. As far as Jonathan Taylor, I mean, that's the guy. You mentioned him at the top. That's the guy. Uh, we all know that the offense goes through him. What makes him so special and what has made him you know, such a valuable weapon where he's in the MVP conversations this year? Yeah, I mean, a running back being in the MVP conversation in the year 2021 is pretty remarkable. Um, that just speaks to how good Jonathan Taylor has been. But the thing that, that I, I love about JT and talking to some of his teammates, the, the guys who block for him, Jack Doyle told me that JT is so good at making his blockers right. You, you know, when, yeah. when he goes to set up a block, he leads his blockers to defenders. And <clears throat> that's something, you know, we, we hear a lot in this discourse about who should win MVP and or can a running back win it, of like, oh, you could just plug any old running back in behind this Colts offensive line, and they would be great because the offensive line is great. And maybe that's true to an extent, but they wouldn't be doing what Jonathan Taylor is doing. They wouldn't be doing anything close to that because JT, it, it, he, his vision and his patience and his football IQ are just so high. And then you throw on top of that, he's, had, he, he's literally been the fastest ball carrier in the NFL this season multiple times including that 67-yard touchdown against the Patriots, where he's looking back to the sideline <laughs> to see if a coach is going to tell him to go down on the play. He doesn't see it. He turns on the Jets and runs faster than any ball carrier has in the NFL this season. It's like you think about like when baseball players go to steal second and you're always taught, like, keep your head down, don't turn because it slows you down. JT turned his head and still ran faster than anyone this year. So it, it, I, I could go on and on. You know, I could probably fill up two hours of your show talking about how great Jonathan Taylor is, but he, he really is the, the whole package as a running back. He does everything at an elite level. That even includes pass protection, um, and, and there's nothing that Jonathan Taylor does not do at an incredibly high level. So I, it leads me to my next question of why was there a period and a stretch this season when it was almost like the team was reluctant to give him carries? Well, I think, you know, that there's still kind of a figuring out period. Um, you know, they, I, I, you're looking early in the season, you know, that game in week three against Tennessee, we only right. ran it, uh, I think it was 10 times maybe. Um, you know, the Colts were still finding their footing on offense. Training camp was, you know, kind of thrown into, you know, a, a bit of a fire drill with Carson Wentz having the foot 
uh, surgery and then Quentin Nelson having the exact same foot surgery one day later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're missing guys like Ryan Kelly in training camp, Darius Leonard on the other side of the ball. And, you know, you look at the first three weeks of the season, that's kind of the Colts' training camp. If you look at what they've done since week four, this is it, it's them and the Buccaneers are the two best offenses in football by about every stat you can look at. So, you know, I think you can look at some of those games and say, oh, man, why didn't JT get the ball? But look at what he's been doing lately. You know, right, right. 32 carries, 29 carries, 20-something carries, and being incredibly efficient, averaging five yards a carry in those games. You know, Jonathan Taylor last year set the Colts' record for yards per carry with 5.0. He's going to break it again this year. And, and you know, the, the explosive runs, there was that great graphic that uh, NFL Network had during the broadcast on Saturday where Jonathan Taylor leads the NFL in 10-yard carries, 20-yard carries, 30-yard carries, 40-yard carries, 50-yard carries, 60-yard carries, 70-yard carries, and 80-yard carries. Jeez. It's incredible. <laughs> Sounds pretty greedy to me. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, save some for somebody else. Man, that's a that's a hell of a stat right there. Again, we're getting a Colts preview right now with JJ Stankovitz from Colts.com here on Unnecessary Roughness. Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, I believe Carson Wentz is going to go on Sunday. There's no doubt about it in my mind. But in case he doesn't, for some weird reason, Sam Ellinger, the rookie, he's had three carries so far this season. I remember him at UT, got a preview earlier this week of who Sam Ellinger is. How confident is Frank Reich, and how comfortable how comfortable are the Colts and the teammates around him if he does have to go? Now, Frank Reich really likes Sam Ellinger because he he processes things so well. You know, Sam Sam might not have the arm strength of Carson Wentz, but he he sees things at the line of scrimmage. He's so good at eliminating unnecessary information, taking in the information he needs to get get the Colts into the right play, make the right read, and make the right throw. He's so good at that. And, you know, for a rookie, his understanding of some of these things is really advanced. And then beyond that, you know, when the Colts drafted him, the first thing that Chris Ballard said is, this guy's a winner. Mm-hmm. You think about, you know, his time at Texas, that is a crucible at the University of Texas. You know, to be, to be the kid from Southlake High School, <laughs> right. you know, to, to go to UT and be the quarterback, there is so much pressure on you. And, you know, everyone remembers Sam Ellinger's Texas career for that moment where he grabs the mic from Holly Rowe after they win. I think it was the Peach Bowl, and he mm-hmm. goes, we're back. Right. And, you know, the, the funny thing about that is if he does wind up starting against the, the Raiders on Sunday, that would be two years to the day wow. from that game. Um, so, you know, the Colts are confident in him. They, they really like his skill set. They really like his, his ability to operate and process. Um, you know, they are confident that he can step in and win them a game. You know, if they weren't, they, they, there would be plenty of opportunities to not have a rookie six-round pick be your backup quarterback this season, but the Colts have moved forward with Sam Ellinger, and, and they feel confident in him. As we mentioned, everything goes through Jonathan Taylor. I mean, he is that guy, but as far as the receivers on the outside, Michael Pittman, I mean, he's wide receiver number one. He's got the big playability. He's got the, the big-time numbers. Of course, T.Y. Hilton's there, but who, who else in that wide receiver room should the Raiders uh, be on the lookout for? Yeah, I mean, you know, you, Pittman obviously is the, the, the big target for Carson Wentz, but I'm going to throw a, a, kind of a sneaky name in at you here. Okay. This guy, Ashton Doolin, who is a former track guy at Malone University, which is a, a Division One AA school. They don't even have football there anymore. Wow. And he, he's a guy, Frank Reich really likes this guy because he's fast, he's got really good straight-line speed, and he's just a tough dude. I mean, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people have been asking here in Indianapolis about, you know, why is Ashton Doolin playing so much? 
it's because he blocks so well on the perimeter. Jonathan Taylor is not breaking all those 60, 70, 80-yard runs like I was talking about earlier without some play from guys like Ashton Doolin, who, who are really physical and really relish blocking on the perimeter. But in addition to that, you know, Doolin against the Patriots, New England was stacking eight guys in the box on you know, what felt like almost every play in that game. Wright calls a jet sweep to Ashton Doolin. He takes it 37 yards. Mm. He, he's a really good football player, uh, a guy who's a, a, you know alternate pro bowler as a special teamer, um, and someone who, you know, it, it's pretty rare for a guy to have 15 receptions and 15 tackles in the season. Ashton Doolin's, I think, maybe only the 13th or 14th guy since 1985 to do that. So, I'm going to throw, you, you know, he, he's kind of an under-the-radar guy. He might have a catch or two, but one of those catches might be a 60-yarder. Right. So, you you got you to know where he is on the field. No, I like that. I like that. That's that's the sneaky guys that I'm looking for. That's exactly why we have you on. I think that that's, a, that's something <laughs> to definitely pay attention to. Again, we're talking with J.J. Stankovitz here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Yeah, J.J., um, we talked about maybe if they don't have their quarterback on the offense, but their quarterback of the defense, Darius Leonard, also in COVID protocols. We've seen that they did get the win without him against Arizona, but what does he mean to this team, and how does that defense change without him on the field? Well, I mean, Darius, the impact he has on this defense is he sets the tone for a team that's second in the NFL in turnovers with 31. Darius has uh, six forced fumbles. He the, the forced fumbles thing, guys, it's, it is remarkable. I, I grew up in Chicago. I grew up watching Peanut Tillman. I'm watching mm. the linebacker version of Peanut Tillman and Darius Leonard. Wow. Um, you know, he's got, he's got three picks this year. He's got a couple fumble recoveries. Um, you know, a guy who should be in the conversation for defensive player of the year. Uh, the good news for the Colts is that Darius Leonard actually cleared COVID protocols today. Mm. He was back out on the field, and uh, he should be good to go. For the game against the Raiders, um, you know you, you, this this Colts defense. They're so good at making teams get impatient. Like they keep everything in front of them. They they don't allow a lot of big chunk plays through the air. And if you try to take one of those shots, you might get hit for a sack. You might lose the ball on a, a strip sack or a, a, an interception, or you might just throw an incompletion because a guy like Kenny Moore the second's playing just tremendous coverage downfield. And, you know, the, the Cardinals last week, that game, Matt Eberflus called one of his best games as Colts defensive coordinator because he was dealing with so many guys being out, you know, including Darius Leonard, like you mentioned. They made Arizona go on 15-play drives to go score touchdowns, and Arizona did that really once in that game. The other times, turnovers on downs, punts, uh, there was a safety in there. And th- this defense right now, even with a lot of guys being in and out, they are clicking on all cylinders, and it is a really neat thing to see. You know, you uh, you said a name that made my ears perk up, Kenny Moore, man. Kenny Moore is playing his tail off. He's going to the Pro Bowl. What has made him so special this year and, and be that guy? Because, again, we talk about Leonard all the time. We talk about uh, Okariki all the time. But, man, Kenny Moore is playing his tail off. Man, you, well, you guys remember the, the interception he had on that pass to Darren Waller last mm-hmm. year. I mean, one of the most incredible picks I've ever right. seen. Right, yep. Kenny, Kenny, though, he, he's one of the best all-around football players on this team, maybe in the NFL, because what he can do as a guy who can go, he can play slot corner and play it at a really high level. He can go play outside corner and play it at a really high level. And guys, that's like playing two different positions, the responsibilities you have in the slot and outside. And Kenny goes between those two spots seamlessly. But then on top of that, Kenny is one of the best run-defending cornerbacks in the NFL. You go and watch the, the games the Colts have had against the Titans, and Kenny, this guy's 5'9", 180 pounds, 
and he's getting up there and he's bringing Derrick Henry down. He is not getting trucked by Derrick Henry on those plays. He is making tackles near the line of scrimmage for, you know, short gains or no gains or tackles for a loss. And, you know, the Colts just appreciate his play so much. It's so good that Kenny finally got that Pro Bowl shine because he, he's deserved it for a little while now. Um, and, you know, he's one of those guys. Matt Eberflus talked before the season. He, he said, you look at our defense, you've got to have three positions. You've got to have stars at three positions. The three technique, defensive tackle, that's DeForest Buckner. The will linebacker, that's Darius Leonard. Mm-hmm. And then slot corner, which is Kenny Moore II. The Colts absolutely have stars. All three of those guys are pro bowlers. That's why this defense is really starting to fire on all cylinders. I love that that comment right there from Eberflus. I really do. I mean, that's a great way to put it in perspective. And, and you think about the really good defenses across the NFL, and that's exactly what they have. That's Man, thank you for dropping that one. That's a, that's a really good nugget right there. And, J.J., this has been fantastic. Before we let you go, I did want to ask if there's one area of this Colts defense that you think, okay, that could be the weak link. That may, If the Raiders can do this, they may be successful on Sunday. What would that be in your opinion? It would probably be keeping Derek Carr clean. Um, you know, the, the Colts really prefer to rush for. Um, they'll disguise some stuff. They'll, you know, kind of have some simulated pressures where they rush for, but they'll drop some defensive linemen. Um, you know, and on occasion they'll send a, a little bit of heat, but not a whole lot. Matt Eberflus isn't a big, a big guy, you know, to send cover zero blitzes or anything like you know, see the Baltimore Ravens do. So if if the Raiders can keep Derek Carr upright, I, I by the way, guys, I'm a huge fan of Derek Carr. I, I love his game. I love how he processes things. I love how he, he stretches things vertically. If he can have a clean pocket and he's not worried about getting hit by someone, you know, I, I would expect Derek Carr to put up some pretty good numbers, like he does against every defense. Um, so you know, that's going to be the challenge for the Colts. They got to just get Derek Carr a little bit uncomfortable in the pocket, and then make sure he's not hitting some of those downfield throws while taking those receptions to Hunter Renfro that we've seen so much this year. So uh, Colts certainly have a lot of respect for the Raiders. It seems like they you know play each other every year at this point. Like it's a divisional game. So they, they know Derek Carr. Uh, they know the challenge ahead of them. But uh, it, it's going to be a real fun one on Sunday at Lucas Oil Stadium. Yeah, it will. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting. And you know how much is riding on these games for uh, everyone coming down the stretch of the season. So it's going to be a lot of fun. JJ, fantastic stuff. What do you have coming out on Colts.com that maybe Raider fans could check out to get a little bit more of an update on, on the Indianapolis Colts? Yeah, just you know, a couple couple things. Uh, wrote a little story on T.Y. Hilton, the impact he's had. I don't know if anyone's been watching Hard Knocks over there in Vegas, but uh, T.Y.'s had some really, really neat moments on it. Uh, you know, the speech he gave to the team after they announced the Pro Bowlers before the Cardinals game. Um, you know, he, he, you may look at T.Y.'s numbers, and, you know, if you're just looking at him and saying, hey, he's got 20-something catches, 200-something yards, a couple touchdowns. Yeah, T.Y.'s having a down year. T.Y. Hilton's impact on this Colts team is still tremendous. It's still incredibly important because of what he can do as a leader, setting the tone for the, that wide receiver room for the entire offense and how he plays, how he approaches his game. Uh, it's a really neat thing to see. And then I, I got a big old, big old game preview coming out tomorrow where, uh, like I mentioned, I'm a big fan of Derek Carr's game, so I'm going to say a couple nice things about Derek Carr and that and the challenge, again, that he presents the Colts defense. I love it. I love it. This has been fantastic, J.J. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, man, I, I really do appreciate it. Uh, you were fantastic, like I mentioned. So uh, thank you so much. Enjoy the game, and we'll be talking soon. All right, Happy New Year, guys. All right, Happy New Year. There he goes. J.J. Stankovitz right there, Colts.com, on Twitter at J.J. Stankovitz. Awesome. Awesome. And, and, and how you like that little nugget at the end there, Raider Nation? Bet you didn't expect that interview to go that way, huh? Nice things about Carr. I mean, I'll tell you right now, me and DeMond looked at each other like, whoa, 
Didn't see that one coming. I gave him some golf claps. He did. He gave him some golf claps. What'd you think about that, Raider Nation? I guarantee you didn't think that was going to go that way. He said, I'm a big fan of Derek Carr. Got some nice things to say about Derek Carr. Tell you. That, that right there, that was that was pretty awesome, man. M- many thanks to JJ for joining us there to give us a Colts preview. 2.47 is the time. We'll come back, close out hour number one. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Hall of Famer Marcus Allen, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. <laughs> hey, Raider, hey, Raider Nation, this is Marcus Allen, and you're listening to Radio Station 920. Say Raider Nation Radio 920. Raider Nation Radio Station 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Just got a couple minutes left here. Hour number one of the show. Kicking off hour number two, Deontay Lee from Pro Football Focus will join the show. Talk a little college football. Want to get to one text on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187. I got a couple calls I want to get to as well. Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q&D, great insight from this interview with JJ. It's always nice to get valuable information on our opponent. As we all know, this game is tough. Raiders need to bring their A game and not turn the ball over. No dumb penalties. I feel like our defense will need to clamp down on running back Taylor. If we could do this, we'll have a great chance of beating Indy on the road. I think that's exceptional. Really good text, Sir Whiskey Ray. Appreciate you. Let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line, 702-365-9200. Talk to our guy, Raider Reggie, right here in Vegas. What's up, Raider? Oh, he hung up. All right. I had a great buildup to you for you, Raider Reggie. Great buildup. No, I'm just kidding. Let's go out to Mitch in New Jersey. What's He's the- going to. Just check on <laughs> Mitch in New Jersey. I tell you. You got, they got mad at you. They did. People like, yeah, hey, you making me wait, man. I ain't waiting this long for nothing. And, and the thing about it is, Raider Reggie and Mitch in New Jersey don't know. I just ran down the hall for them. I ran down so they didn't have to wait any longer. I ran down the hall to get a pen, and I came running back. You do? You sound a little winded. I am winded. I don't got the guns <laughs> out like you. Glenn in San Jose said, hey, Q and DeMond, the defense needs to put a bullseye on Jonathan Taylor and stop him in his tracks. Then I like the Raiders' chances. I mean, that's going to really be the key. It really is, Glenn. Good stuff. Jonathan Taylor is going to be a problem. I mean, it's just, it doesn't get any more simple than that. He's going to be a problem. He's as much of a game wrecker as super studs like Max Crosby and Unique Ngakwe are for the defense. You know what I mean? Those guys are, are game wreckers. Max Crosby is, has, has worked himself into being a game wrecker for the Raiders. Jonathan Taylor is a game wrecker for the offensive side of things. Since week nine, he's only had one game without 100 yards rushing. Well, <laughs> and look. And in that so, game, it was a loss. I know you don't like to correlate like, oh, right. they don't, if he doesn't no, get 100 no. yards. But Tampa beat him 38-31. Right. So maybe it was just too much of a, they had to work them way back into it. So he only had 16 carries. Got to focus. So he was still over that five yards right. a carry. So he was still putting in work. Got to focus in on the playmakers, you know. And he is definitely a playmaker. Uh, Big Deuce Raider. I'd want to change the defensive P.I. call. A spot foul gives the offense way too much unearned yardage. See? Big Deuce is with me. Big Deuce. I like that name. How'd you get that name, Big Deuce? I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm just saying. Because there's so many different ways I can interpret that. Shout out to Big Deuce. (laughs) I I ain't going to lie. I'd be disappointed if he was like a good 5'7", 145. (laughs) How are you talking about anybody's height? How you going to talk about someone's height? You just, ain't even 5'7". I, mean, I know I'm not, but you, don't nobody call me Big D. No, they don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, they don't. Kayla don't even call you Big D. All right, it's time to take a break. <laughs> we had to work Kayla into the show. We hadn't worked her in all year. 
They said that they liked hearing about Kayla at the game. Remember they were no, talking I, about no, Kayla at the I, No, no. They I said she needed to make an appearance on the show. I don't think anybody said that. They all said it sitting around the table. That's right before Cassie broke up with you. We were talking about Kayla? Mm, don't remember. Yes, you nah, were talking about nah, her. Nah, oh, guaranteed. Unbelievable. Got a text from Kevin. I love how Q doesn't include your spouse in the list of people that treat you right. Come on, man. But low key, she's my barber too, so I feel you. No, see, I tell the wife that all the time too. You've always you, the best relationships you got to have, and this is one. And you know me for uh, as a matter of fact, one of my biggest issues when I moved here was who's going to cut my hair. Like I needed to find a barber. I went to no joke. I went to about five or six different barbers before I found the one that cuts my hair consistently right now. And once I found the one that was going to cut my hair consistently, I was good. I called my dad every single time I get my hair cut, after my haircut, because he always I like to check in with my dad once a week, right? So I check in with him, and he says, what are you doing? I said, I just left the barbershop, because it's, it's about a 20-minute drive from my house to the barbershop. So I figured, you know, dad's got about 15 minutes of stuff he wants to talk about, you know? I thought you were going to go with this. I called my dad just to tell him about my haircut. No, no, but it was, but the point of the story was last week I got my haircut on Friday because Saturday was Christmas, right? So I was like, I'm not going to go get my haircut on Christmas. Barbershop's going to be closed, even though I think that they were open, but I didn't know that. So I went in on Friday, and so he hit me on Friday, and I call him. And he goes, what are you doing? I said, I just left the barbershop. He's like, oh, my gosh, an, a day early? He's like, how are you going to How are you gonna feel at the end of the – you're not going to – it ain't going to be right. You're going to have an extra day of growth, and you're not going to – you know. So he was basically he was basically making me feel stupid and, and, and goofing on me. But he kept saying, he's like, what are you going to ever do, an extra day of, of growth on your hair? You're never, you're never going to make it. So – my dad thinks it's about as silly as everyone else does that I go every week to get my haircut. But that's just what I like to do. I like haircuts. 2.57 is the time. That was a quick, fast hour number one of the show. We got one more hour to go. I think Ice Cube said that somewhere. Deontay Lee from Pro Football Focus. He's going to join us to kick off hour number two. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Radio Nation Radio 920.